Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Williamson. Matt, this week we're going to jump right in because we've got a lot to cover. Uh, we're, we're going to look back at week two of the NFL, and there's been a ton of news. We're going to try to hit some listener questions and also talk, talk about some players who are a little disappointing, actually very disappointing, through these first two weeks, see what their uh, rest-of-season outlook uh could be and and what we need to do with those guys we're just going to go right to you because the your team the Steelers it seems like have been at the uh, at, at the center of so much of the news we've got the of course the season ending injury to Ben Roethlisberger his backup Mason Rudolph coming in obviously gaining uh, a ton of dynasty value especially in those super flex and two quarterback leagues and Matt, it seems like it w- it was less than 24 hours. The talk was the the Steelers are going to draft a quarterback in the top five of the 2020 draft, and then just just a few hours later, they trade that pick to the Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. Just I'm just going to let you go on all of this. What's <laughs> yeah. what's going on up there? It's crazy. I mean, to I, I host a daily Steeler show with Dale Lawley from four to six every day, the drive, and it's like, wow. Sometimes you go to those shows. It's like we don't know much to talk about, you know, especially at camp and you know, and it's like holy smokes, two hours isn't enough to talk Steelers day by day those last couple of days. So here's some of my takes: is I think the Minka trade tells us a lot. You know, you have to kind of peel back the layers of the onion. First of all, Sean Davis goes on IR, so they were short a safety. But there's more to it, because Davis is a free agent after the year. I don't think they're going to resign him. If not, I mean, it won't be a top priority, that's for sure. And they upgraded dramatically. I also think Minka could eventually also be a slot cover corner, and that's a spot that's really been a problem with the defense. They're going to ask a lot of him middle of the field. He can do a lot of different things. I love the player. But by making this move, I think it tells us a few things. Is They don't look at themselves as an 0-2 team or a team that's going to pick in the top 10. I know for a fact uh, that they had like a top 5 grade on their board on Minka when he came out. And they picked much later, and they didn't have any shot at him. But if they had been picking fifth overall, they may have taken Minka Fitzpatrick. So they look at it like, we got a top five talent a year earlier than a pick that we do not think is going to be a top ten. We think we're a much better team than 0-2, even with Mason Rudolph. And where this affects Dynasty is, if they were really worried about their quarterback situation, big picture. They never make this deal. You know, you don't give away first-round picks. Like, here's some things I know in the league. I know for a fact that the Dolphins do not look at Rosen as their answer. So they're picking up first-round picks left and right, and they'll probably earn one quite good enough to get anyone they want. They're so bad. But they were, they're going to ensure their, their quarterback isn't in their building. The Steelers believe their quarterback is in the building or they don't have that this offseason will not be a need because Ben could start next year. Rudolph could be the guy going forward, but they like both. And so 
they would not have made this trade if they did not have very high aspirations for their current two quarterbacks. And I do know for a fact, too, that they had a first-round grade on Rudolph that year, too. So, you know, that that tells you a lot about what they feel about the situation. Does that mean they're going to go be a playoff team and run the table or anything? I don't know. There's going to be some learning experience. It's going to be tough. But they have a line. I think the defense has a chance to be really good, despite what Tom Brady and company did to them. So I don't know that it's a lost year. Overall, that seems promising from a dynasty perspective. And yeah. um, and even though that the Steelers are kind of the, the news of the moment, in the moment, we we still want to keep that dynasty outlook. So how bad is the move to Mason Rudolph for Juju, for... James Conner for Vance McDonald over the next 14 games. See, I hesitate to say this, but I have not liked the way Roethlisberger's played lately. He hasn't been very accurate. They've been at the bottom of the league in terms of play action usage. And then when Rudolph came in, 30% of his throws were off play action. So I was like, wow, this coaching staff does like play action. Maybe number seven doesn't. So... It hurts, don't get me wrong, but the offense was really sputtering with Ben, and that includes Week 17 last year. So we've seen two and a half, we've seen three games without Antonio Brown this offense. The Bengals in Week 17 in first two games this season, and the offense was a disaster. And the the quarters where it was the best was when Rudolph was behind center. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm not saying Rudolph's better than Big Ben. Don't take it that way. But I'm not sure that a change is such a terrible thing if they're going to come, you know, up to the times and use play action more. I think it helps McDonald quite a bit. A lot of the play action throws were to him, short intermediate throws. So I don't know that it kills things, but uh, we shall see. I mean, I have high hopes for Rudolph Big Picture. They do too, but they may score three points again this week. Yeah, this this will this will be no surprise coming from me. But uh, with the slow start for Juju, with the the quarterback situation, uh, this this gives a buying window for for Juju Smith-Schuster in Dynasty, where two weeks ago he was he was basically impossible to trade for. So uh, I I will be trying to take advantage of that, and I think you should too. Um, yeah, one one quick note on the receivers, though. I do think Moncrief's been so bad that I do think they'll take the perspective of a little more big-picture thinking, and I think you're going to see Deontay Johnson, Rudolph's buddy James Washington, and Juju, as opposed to the first two games, you've seen a... I've been saying they've been searching. You know, you see Switzer and Moncrief and... You know, anyone that could make a play, they've been throwing out there. They've been throwing a bunch of stuff against a fan. And I think with the young quarterback, you might as well go with the three young receivers, especially Washington now, who's those two are really tight. Yeah, well, I, I mentioned it last week and, and kind of had to own up to my uh, my Moncrief love in the offseason. And, and he was even worse in week two than, than in week one and ultimately got benched for that. And uh, he's he's got a long way to uh, to go to to even get back in the rotation probably so you do think that was kind of the the immediate narrative from a lot of uh, a lot of analysts and dynasty players was that this was good news for James Washington not only because of 
Moncrief's poor play, but because of the the relationship, obviously he and Rudolph were college teammates. Um, some people have looked at the the backup connection that they both spent the uh, spent training camp as second stringers, getting a lot of reps together. So you believe in that as well? I do. I mean, I still think he's learning. But boy, Washington has done all of his best work, it seems like, with Rudolph. And Rudolph, when in doubt, like their Oklahoma State days, goes his way when he's in trouble. And you know, this is preseason stuff I'm going off of. But there's certainly a connection there. And just the way the, the wide receiver rotation shaked out, I don't know how you don't think big picture in the high upside guys like Johnson and especially Washington. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you on the record here two weeks in. I'm sure you've already done this on your on your Steelers show, do you think they make the playoffs? No. Um, but it's funny because just now, like an hour ago, we were talking about 0-2 teams usually make the playoffs, thir- or historically make the playoffs 13% of the time. And there's nine, I think, or 10 0-2 teams and it doesn't mean one's going to go, but history shows that one, maybe two of them end up in the playoffs. And besides the Carolina Panthers, I'm not sure any of the 0-2 teams besides the Steelers have any chance. I mean, some of those teams are horrible. I mean, like Miami isn't going, the Jets isn't, aren't going. So I don't think it's crazy, but I think it's more of an 8-8 eight and eight type of year. Yeah, it, it seems like this year, um, you know, maybe more than any other, uh, we've, we've already eliminated so many teams. Yeah. from playoff contention and we've seen eight and eight teams get in the playoffs before so maybe it's that kind of year maybe and maybe in the AFC in, in particular it looks like there's two powerhouses and then the Ravens and then a bunch of other teams but I mean Steelers are they could lose in San Francisco for sure and then you're 0 and three and we'll see but they have some easy games coming up they'll get some wins um hey I want to take a minute to tell some people about Harry's that work for you Folks, you need to join the 10 million, including myself, who have tried Harry's. Um, I'm totally hooked on it. I told you before, my face is very sensitive, so I got away from blades until I found Harry's again. So claim your special trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Um, I told you their blades are great, uh, close shave. I don't break out when I use them compared to other straight razors. Um, Harry's is a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price. Only two bucks a blade to keep prices low. They cut out the middleman. They own a world-class blade factory in Germany. That's been making some of the best razor blades in the world now for 99 years. And now they can provide great quality at factory direct prices. Harry's is also a brand you can be proud of. This is great. Uh, 1% of sales are donated to organizations that provide access to mental health care for men. Uh, and there's no risk for you trying them out. If you don't like your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund, but you'll like your shave. So, listeners to our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. In that set, you get a weighted, wonderful handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, smells wonderful too, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty to start shaving better today. Matt, Ben Roethlisberger is not the only quarterback dealing with an injury. Uh, Also, another veteran quarterback, Drew Brees, will miss time. It sounds like at least six weeks with a thumb injury. He is undergoing surgery this week. And we've got Teddy Bridgewater taking over for him. 
they uh, they signed Teddy Bridgewater a couple years ago, or traded for him, I should say, and, and then re-signed him this past offseason for for this reason, in, in, as Drew Brees insurance. Uh, and we don't want to base too much on a little over a half a football, but he did not look especially good in that uh, in that loss in week two. What are your thoughts on Teddy Bridgewater, and do you think there's any chance we see Taysom Hill actually taking real quarterback snaps? I think we'll see more Taysom Hill than when we saw Breeze behind center by a lot, not just like an extra snap here and there or maybe a series here and there. I think you might see 30%, 40% Taysom Hill snaps. I still think Bridgewater's the starter. And I was never a huge Bridgewater fan coming out of school before his injury, but I got to think a week of preparation goes a long way. And that, and that's true for Rudolph too. I mean, people don't realize that aren't around the league that these backup quarterbacks get very few reps to prepare for their opponent. I mean, every snap goes to the starters basically. So I think game planning around your quarterback's strengths, knowing he's going to be the starter and a full week of practice will hurt both, will help both these guys a lot, especially Bridgewater, who I didn't really love the way he played. But I do think he fits the system. Um, I don't know that I'd be starting him in redraft. I mean, he certainly has dynasty value. He certainly has super flex value. Um, but I don't have super high hopes. Yeah, I don't either, unfortunately. And, and I mean, even what we saw of Bridgewater prior to that injury, uh, it's, it was a much different situation than what he's got now with the Saints uh, when he was with Minnesota. But it, it was just such a low ceiling for him. He had, uh, he had four or five games as a top 10 fantasy quarterback in, in essentially uh, two-plus years. So yeah. n- not, not necessarily a guy you want to roll out on a weekly basis for sure. Maybe, like you said, maybe it's different with uh, some focus preparation this week as the starter. Maybe it's different. Uh, certainly could be different with the, the weapons he has in New Orleans versus what he was dealing with. Uh, a few years ago in Minnesota. Yeah, and unlike Rudolph, it doesn't feel like, oh, the best is yet to come. He's just learning. He'll be getting it. You know, like, we may have seen the best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and also comparing the two, if you're, if you're looking at Bridgewater versus Rudolph or who you want to add off the waiver wire or, or something like that, who you, want to, who you value more, uh, barring injury, we're, we're pretty certain Rudolph is getting the rest of the season as, as Ben has been placed on IR and then Drew Brees is, uh, looks like is out six to eight weeks range. So the, the assumption now is that he'll come back. Cam Newton is yet another veteran quarterback who... Ryan, uh, before we go to Cam, can I throw one question your way? Sure, sure. In the, the Superflex League I'm in, I'm only in one. I've been stashing Bridgewater, and the Brees owner happens to have Rudolph. I'm fine. I have Carr, I have Ryan, and I have Rivers. That's not wonderful, but I got three starters for Superflex that has value. I offered him, he's not as lucky. He's He'd be starting Rudolph and question mark. So I offered him Bridgewater for Rudolph. Yes, I like I like that for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you think I need to add something? Uh, I think Rudolph is clearly worth more now. Uh, okay. Because okay. of some of, the, some of the things that we've already talked about. Uh, he's... Uh, Even to the Breeze owner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, again, he, he looks like the start of the rest of the season where Bridgewater, uh, I mean, we've got this Taysom Hill conversation. We're not even sure if right, Bridgewater, right. 
will will hold down the job or will see all of the quarterback snaps uh, even while Breeze is out. And you talked about the the fact that Rudolph is just kind of getting started in his career. Uh, Bridgewater is closer to the end of his career. And, and depending on, honestly, depending on how he plays in this stretch, this could be the end of his career. So, yeah, I certainly think you would have to add something if you want to make that move. I, I probably would be willing to add and, and actually kind of play that out uh, with with that quarterback situation that you mentioned. I mean, the concern is, and this kind of goes against what I was saying to start the show, is Rudolph's not very fantasy worthy this year. You know, he's a rookie. He's struggling. He has a Sam Darnold-like year last year or, you know, uh, a lot of early, you know, first-year starter type season. Then Ben comes back. He's a starter next year, and Rudolph doesn't get his chance till the year after or ever. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a fair concern as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I still think if you feel like you need Rudolph and if you feel like he's going to help you this year, um, that that's the thing. If, if you don't expect him to ever be better than Carr and he's just your fourth quarterback, then there's no point in making that kind of deal. See, my thoughts on it were, I think he's going to be the Steelers starter for the next eight years, so I'm going to grab him now. Well, then you you should be willing to add a second to Teddy Bridgewater then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or okay. maybe, I mean, if that's if you're that impressed with him, and, and obviously you've seen him more than more than me or, or most of our listeners, um, then, then you should be aggressive in targeting him, and, and maybe that makes me want to be aggressive in targeting him as well. Matt, as I, as I kind of hinted there, uh, Cam Newton also dealing with an injury. We, we weren't really sure what it was, but through these first two games, especially that, that Thursday night Island game against the Buccaneers, he just doesn't look right. Really, really kind of uh, uh, makes you think back to the end of last season when he was just forcing every throw, the, the really awkward um, arm motion that was just almost painful to watch. And then we hear, uh, we hear now that he's not practicing, dealing with uh, a foot issue, and the, the decision makers there in Carolina say there is no timetable, which is a scary thing for a quarterback. Kyle Allen is the next man up. We saw a little bit of him last year when Cam went out. He, he also suffered an injury uh, late last season, so we didn't see much of him. But he's earned the number two job. Will Greer, the rookie, is the number three. Uh, honestly, if I'm in a super flex, I'm not, uh, especially a super flex dynasty, obviously, I'm not, I'm not worried about and, and not giving much attention to Kyle Allen. Uh, I can't imagine, unless I was one of those teams that had Ben, Breeze, and Cam, and, and I, thought I, was, <laughs> right. you know, I thought I was set, now I have nothing. Um, I'm basically ignoring Kyle Allen uh, and looking instead at Will Greer. Whether we see him this year, whether this is the beginning of the end, I know uh, there there were even some predictions last week on the pregame shows that this could be the end of Cam Newton's Panthers career. Uh, I don't I don't know, you know, don't know necessarily what what that's based on, mm-hmm. but obviously they spent. Um, they spent a, a valuable pick on Greer, and if I'm in a, a shallow Superflex dynasty, or even even a redraft Superflex, honestly, where uh, obviously Greer's, Greer's going to be available there, he's the guy I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and add 
or, or pursue. How do you see this Carolina situation? Yeah, it doesn't look good. I mean, it really has kind of a luck type of feel to it. Like, maybe they'll shut him down and see what happens next year. I mean, I don't have any tips on that, but he looks like a bad player right now. He looks very uncomfortable on the field. Um, looks very comfortable and uncomfortable in his po- post-game press conference with his bonnet on. Um, how about that outfit? That was, that was uh, <laughs> Kyle Allen, to me, I think you nailed it, though. If, if you happen to own him in one of these deep leagues, shop him now. As soon as they call him the starter, get whatever you can for him. I like Greer a lot. I mean, Matt Waldman loved Greer. I could see why. Um, I think he's the long-term answer there, sort of in a Rudolph-like manner. You know, as a second, third-round real pick. Um, I don't have much hope for Cam at all. I mean, is is it too risky to go try to buy him now for peanuts? I mean, he looks so bad, and his body's taking such a beating. Yeah, I think I think in that super flex format, I'm I'm definitely fine trying to buy him, assuming the price is way down. Uh, I did see Ben Roethlisberger traded in one of my leagues today. Essentially traded. It's it's a a Devi league with these college players. He was essentially traded for uh, three or four uh, college players, three or four Devies prospects, hmm. um, all all kind of you know p- potential guys. That's that's really what they all are, but n- none of the elite uh, 2020 prospects necessarily. So the the price is <laughs> dropping big time on these guys, and in a super flex, it's so hard to get a quarterback anyway. If you can buy Ben, if you can buy Breeze, if you can buy Cam at that discount, then I would try to do that. I wouldn't mind having Cam and Greer, though. Sure, sure. And that's, right, right, that's, right. that's kind of, you know, that's that's ideal, and, and it would be with any of these guys, pairing Rudolph and Ben. Hopefully you did that already. It's going to be a lot more expensive to do it now. Matt, let's finish up this quarterback conversation this way. If, if you're in a shallow Superflex Dynasty League, Bridgewater, Rudolph, Will Greer, and Gardner Minshew are all on the waiver wire. How are you prioritizing those guys? How are you ranking them for the rest of the season, but with dynasty in mind as well? Rudolph is the clear one. For rest of the season, Bridgewater, I guess, is kind of nipping at his heels. I mean, if you get eight, six good weeks out of him and a good offense, and it's not like he doesn't have value if Breeze comes back and maybe Breeze retires after the year. Who knows? Um, Greer's third, Minshew's fourth, but I think Minshew's a pretty good player. He just looks like a, he looks like he's going to have a acceptable month or so of play, be a backup for 12 years because he did this and have a nice life and make a lot of money and hold a clipboard a lot. And I think Jacksonville's starting quarterback is now playing in college somewhere. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I agree. Mason Rudolph is the clear number one out of that. If he's on the waiver wire in Dynasty, whatever you have left, I would bid it on him if you're talking about a, a blind bid waivers. Uh, if you're in SFB, I would spend it all on him, the Scott Fishbowl and that, that super flex format there. That's what I'll be doing. Spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert there. <laughs> Matt, uh, the quarterbacks are not the only players giving us some, some, some bad news here. We've got some running backs, some wide receivers, some tight ends who are off to really poor starts. We're going to try to hit on these guys really quickly 
Uh, I just want to hear from you if, if you expect these players to, to turn it around anytime soon. Uh, essentially, would you be buying low on them in Dynasty? Or would you be selling uh, while they still have some name value? Let's start with Joe Mixon. He's the RB56 through two games. He's got 27 total rushing yards. Uh, we'll, we'll point out there, it's worth pointing out that he also was dealing with an ankle injury uh, in that first game, and, and I'm sure there were some uh, side effects of that still in, in the second week as well. And then in, in week two, they also just got uh, whitewashed by the 49ers. So not much of a chance to, to even get the running game going that week. What do you think about Mixon? Oh, I'd be all over it. I still love the talent. I like that system. I think that, that whole situation only gets better. I mean, I'm thinking big picture in terms of linemen returning to health, maybe adding another one. Um, yeah, I would still invest heavily in Mixon. Are you paying two first-rounders for Mixon? Yeah, unless I think they're early. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Next guy, Sony Michelle. I know we, we've both been kind of up and down on him. You were a big fan when he came into the league and uh, did a 180 on him after that first year. He's running back 43, and the crazy thing is he had a, he had a really nice game uh, this past Sunday in week two. He had 80-some rushing yards. He had a touchdown. And, and the scary thing is that's basically that's close to his ceiling. He had no receptions. Obviously, not he's not going to be involved in the passing game, which limits his upside in a, in a PPR. 80-some-odd 80, 80 rushing yards and a touchdown, and he was barely a top 25 running back, and he's RB43 through two weeks. What do we think about Sony Michelle? I mean, if I owned him, I'm holding him. I'm not going to buy him because the knees worry me. I think it's too – you can't sell at this point. I just think there's a lot of touchdowns in his future. So, you know, like if it was a redraft league, I'd be all over trying to get him now while the owner's a little upset with them. Yeah. That, they're going to blow everybody out this year. Well, see, that's, that's what Does I that was help thinking. help him or not? Yeah. No, I, I don't know if it helps him. But what we saw, yeah. you, you would think game script-wise, what we saw the, these past two weeks would be best-case scenario for Sony Michelle. Right, did, right. And, and he's running back 43. <laughs> so if if this is the best we're going to get, I'm I'm a little worried. Would you sell for one first rounder, one random twenty twenty first? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, next guy, Corey Davis, uh, Titans wide receiver. We even uh, have seen his name mentioned in trade talks with Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't know if if the Titans could somehow get Jalen Ramsey from a division foe for Corey Davis and anything else, they should be all over that. Corey Davis is wide receiver 94, was targeted three times in week one, didn't catch a pass, caught three passes for, I believe, 38 yards in week two. Some of the same concerns that we've talked about all offseason are still there. The Just the, uh, the upside of the offense in general in Tennessee, uh, the, the quality of throw he's going to be getting from Marcus Mariota, uh, and, and now the competition from the rookie, A.J. Brown, who had a had a big debut in week one. We're taking whatever we can get for Corey Davis, right? I guess. I mean, I mean I've been on his train. I probably could still be convinced to buy him at the going rate. But, man, that limb that I've been standing on is weak. And same with Mariota. A lot of it stems back to me liking Mariota. 
This offense is just so blah. I think he's – we just talked about Sony Michelle. I feel like they're valued similarly. Uh, I would sell Davis okay. for, for any first. Yes. And if, if you offered me Davis for Michelle or vice versa, I'm not sure what I would do. I'd, I'd probably take Davis <laughs> there, but I don't want either one of these guys. Let, let's you wouldn't go. take a second for him, though. No, no. I'm, I'm not I'm not that – quite that desperate yet but yeah i don't, I don't know, know if anyone's giving it i don't own him anywhere either so i don't either but i wanted to let's go a little <laughs> higher up the yeah yeah me too let's go a little higher up the list mike evans wide receiver 71 after two disappointing games we've seen uh, a couple of concerning things here in tampa bay first of all uh, as as many people expected uh, chris godwin is starting out the season very well in fact pretty easily outpacing Mike Evans and outperforming Mike Evans. Uh, but also the the Buccaneers offense overall is not performing like we expected, like we hoped. Uh, both of those things are hurting Evans. We have to think he's going to bounce back from this wide receiver 71, but should he still be valued as uh, as that elite wide receiver one, let's say a top five or six guy? Mm, I mean, a little of the shine has come off, but... I still think he's a top 10 guy for sure. A lot of talent. He was playing very, very ill in week one and looked it. Week two, he made a play or two. It's not like he's bad at football all of a sudden. But I bet Godwin leads the team in targets when it's all said and done. Um, But I I still think he's a wide receiver one. Well, let's, let's talk about the obvious topic here then. In Dynasty, do you want Evans or do you want Godwin? Evans. Okay. I just think he's a much more rare talent. Okay. Big play guy, yeah. But they have to be close. I think I think the next time we do Dynasty ADP over at DLF, I think they'll both be in the top 12. Wow. That's pretty rich for Godwin for me. Godwin was wide receiver 15 in September, and, and those drafts started before the season began. So I think it, it's pretty okay. easy to yeah. see him jumping up three more spots. I'm starting to think Jameis isn't the quarterback there, though, next year. <laughs> Are you, you think so? <laughs> that, starting that, to think that. That limb's not so weak. That's a pretty strong All Right. Uh, Dede Westbrook, wide receiver 70. Uh, part of this, of course, has to do with the quarterback situation we already alluded to. Um, Nick Foles is out and will be at least until week 11. It's Gardner Minshew. And Gardner Minshew has been <coughs> spreading the ball around. Uh, hitting Chris Conley, hitting DJ Chark. DJ Chark is a wide receiver one, a top 12 wide receiver through two weeks. Uh, and D.D. Westbrook is the wide receiver 70. Matt, this is pretty easy for me to see. It's kind of like the Corey Davis situation. I, I, I've i never been a Westbrook fan, so this, this doesn't necessarily surprise me, but I know many uh, were all over him this year especially. What do we see going forward for him? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm getting out, too. I mean, I don't like this passing game. I don't like the quarterback situation. I don't think they're going to have a good year, and then they draft a quarterback high, and then you're waiting another year for good help probably from quarterbacks in Jacksonville. Um, I I think I like the player more than you just by the tone of your voice, but I think that I'm not thrilled to have him anymore. Yeah, sell for a second rounder? Ooh, throw in a third. Okay, second and third. Uh, what about Evans? Let's go back to him. Buy Evans for two first-rounders? Yeah. Although, next year's receivers, 
looking, yeah, well, looking pretty yeah, good. Two rookie receivers next year might add up to more than Evans. All right, Stefan Diggs, wide receiver 69 through two weeks. Of course, in week one, we saw Kirk Cousins only throw the ball uh, 10 times total. So not just, just, just no meat on the bone there for Diggs or Thielen or anyone else. Uh, got a little better in week two. We saw them uh, throw the ball all over, but we also saw them get blown out, and that passing game and Kirk Cousins were still not very effective. What about Diggs here? I'm all over Diggs, too. I think this is a great player, a great talent. Um, he's banged up a lot, but I think he's, you know, Cousins is good enough for me. I know they want to run the ball a ton. I get that, but um, I don't know why he'd be much different than any other year. Okay. Evans versus Diggs? Evans still. Okay. Close, close. All right, let's look at the tight ends. We've got a couple of guys who are disappointments outside of the tight end two range, one of them uh, way outside. Let's start with Jared Cook. He's the tight end 25 through two weeks. Of course, had the career year uh, last year with Oakland, moved to New Orleans. Everybody seemed to think that would translate well, and and why wouldn't you? Uh, We're always excited to have those pieces of the New Orleans offense. Uh, again, part of this, a little bit of this, I guess, is quarterback-related with Breeze going out, but we can't blame that for week one when when Cook wasn't really involved. Uh, but now that Breeze is, is gone for the next month plus, maybe two months, uh, it, it, it's hard to see trusting Cook in your dynasty starting lineup. Yeah, but I think it's too early to, to say this was a losing proposition. I trust Sean Payton. I think he'll be fine. It might be a slow month or so, but I still think Cook has a lot of value and will be basically an every week starter most of the year. I, I think maybe he has a lot of redraft value or, or in-season yeah, value, yeah. but uh, all of these guys that we've been talking about essentially, we're, we're still, even with their struggles, uh, valuing them around a, a first-rounder or maybe even more. And, and Cook, at his age... Is, is not certainly not going to command a first rounder. Would you sell him for a second? I think so. Yeah, I would. Because there's a lot of tight ends out there that I think I'd put ahead of him. Right. That I could get, you know. Last one, O.J. Howard. Uh, again, in that, that Thursday night game that everyone was watching, was not even targeted. I think he did, he did see one target, but that was uh, ended up being a penalty. So officially no targets, obviously no catches. Uh, and O.J. Howard is the tight end 42 through two weeks. This is a guy who many people, in, including a lot of people we trust and and uh, like to listen to and read, projected this as, as the breakout year for O.J. Howard, and it's going the complete opposite way. It is. I love the talent. I'm not really concerned with the whole narrative. Arians doesn't like tight ends. That offensive line's really bad, though, and he yeah. needs—he's a good blocker, and it hurts him that he's a good blocker. So I would be buying now because definitely his stock had to noticeably drop after these two games. Um, I just think there's so much talent there. But what if what if I offered you Hawkinson or, or Andrews for Howard straight up? Yeah, I think I would take it. Um... Either one. Uh, either one, especially Andrews. Uh, I mean, I'm. I know the the Ravens have had probably the softest schedule of anybody to start this season, and um, we're we're not going to see Andrews and Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown keep up this pace. It, it's just not going to happen. No. 
but I am excited to see to see what they do. Um, it, it's not just bad defenses. Jackson has been making some great throws, and and Andrews is uh, one He's of really if, good. If, right one of if not his favorite target. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely take Andrews over him. Hawkinson's close. Um, you know, we'll we'll still see that up and down uh, performances from him as a rookie. Yeah, he looks really good. Just as a football player, though, I, th- right. I think Hawkinson might be in the conversation for, you know, that first tier tight end sooner than later. Yeah. Let's take some quick listener questions. Uh, Matt, first one from our buddy Mike. Mike's, Mike threw a few at us. We'll get to as many as we can. What do we make of Josh Allen and the Bills offense? I'm still not ready to trust the Bills offense if we want to think about a, a playoff team or a success in the league this year, but... Uh, they've, they've upgraded their receiving core. They upgraded their backfield. We'll see what happens with that Singletary injury. Hopefully he uh, doesn't miss much time. I moved Josh Allen way up my rankings, and that that coincided with the, the injuries to all these other quarterbacks. But I don't see how you would take Cam Newton over Josh Allen in a dynasty league oh, right no. now. No, right. I mean, he's he's built for fantasy goodness, and he's doing enough that it's not like – he's far away from getting benched or being replaced. So um, I like him a lot as a, basically an every week starter for fantasy. Um, I I think, I think the writing's on the wall, injury aside, Singletary's going to be the man here as soon as he's healthy. I don't know that he's equipped for it, but I think he's the one that deserves the opportunities. And I think John Brown's their best receiver, but he has some hit or miss qualities, but uh, there's, there's a lot of hit. I think he fits in well. Yeah, uh, I was a little worried, I guess, about Allen this offseason because they did, they, they signed Gore, they signed Yeldon, they draft Singletary, obviously totally revamped that uh, that backfield, and I, I just wondered if that would lead to fewer rushing opportunities for Allen, but it really hasn't. He's, he's run the ball uh, quite a bit in these first two games. He scored a rushing touchdown in each of them, so he's... He's still calling his own number, and that's good news for us. Yeah, I think he always will, too. Yeah, Mike also said, is uh, Alvin Kamara's stock helped or hurt with Breeze out? Uh, I certainly, uh, I don't think you can argue that it's, uh, that it's improved. I also don't think it's uh, hurt enough that I would be selling him in Dynasty. And In fact, if we see any kind of uh, value drop, I would, I would certainly be buying him at, at any kind of discount, and like like we talked about with Juju, the discount is just that he's available at all. Is yeah, that I, how you see it? Yeah, very much so. I do. Last one for Mike. Can you rank second-year wide receivers? He mentions DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, James Washington, Calvin Ridley. Uh, to me, those guys are, um, are are all over the board. DJ Moore yeah. is, is the number one guy I want. Calvin Ridley's pretty close behind. Then there's a gap. Uh, and then there's a, a big gap. <laughs> right, a cavern. Um, yeah. I guess I would take Sutton over Washington right now, but I, I could change my mind tomorrow. Those those two are close for me. Uh, obviously haven't seen anything uh, concrete from either one of them on a consistent basis yet. I, I do prefer Sutton to Washington. Um, Ridley versus Moore is really a coin flip for me. I think they're about the same. Yeah, yep, that's fair. Next question from Paul. Paul says, which players are worth three random 2020 first rounders? So I, I think this wow. is a great question because 
you, you think that that's kind of the going rate. And, and it seems like uh, the, the long-time narrative is that was the max price you pay for the top guys, three random first-rounders. Uh, but, but this year maybe feels a little bit different with the hype for that 2020 class. And as the weeks go on, it, uh, it, it goes from it, it goes from being hyped to being a little more realistic. We're seeing guys like uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Travis Etienne and, and some of these players that we were excited about performing just as we had hoped and uh, and, and that 2020 class is going to be uh, a deep one and, and, a, and an exciting one. So giving up three shots at those guys, are you giving up three first rounders for? The, the the big four running backs Barkley McCaffrey Kamara and Zeke. Yes. Yes. But I, it's not an easy slam dunk. But yes. Right. I, I'm with you. Um, let's look at the receivers. DeAndre Hopkins. No. Me either. Uh, Devonta Adams. No. Odell. I would say yes. But he's always like they interviewed him last night, and he's like, "I had a little twinge." And like he's always him and Julio are always fighting something. Yeah, and he's missed a lot of time. I think he's you know, like he was my number one redraft receiver. He'd probably still be my number one um, dynasty receiver. But he's always fighting something, or there's always something going on with the guy. Three first rounders for Juju. No, I'm a yes on that one. No okay. surprise. Mike Thomas. No. Michael Thomas. Nope. Um, Paul even asked about Mike Evans. I don't think he's nope. honestly even in the conversation right now. So the Amari? four running. No, 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 no. No, okay. No, I don't think he is either. Um, I don't either. I-, I think it's the four running backs. And if you've got some running back aversion, you're worried about the shelf life. I could see, uh, I could see talking yourself out of that one as well. So maybe it's OBJ and Juju. Maybe, maybe it's none of these guys. Uh, I, I think there's a lot, a big number of dynasty players that if they own three first-rounders, no matter who you you send them, they're saying no to that. And I don't really blame them. Yeah, I mean, I, I might be like, hey, I'll give you these three firsts for Saquon in a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Those yeah, three firsts could be real studs for a long time. Give me a, give me a little back there. Yeah, some um, player I like, you know. Next question from Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to do this to you again, but Superflex, what's yeah. Mahomes cost? We've got a Mahomes question. Let's let's look oh, at okay. it now from Joey. Joey says, if you're selling Mahomes, what's the minimum haul you'd take, you'd take in picks? He says, I'm looking at 221st, a high second, and Cam in return. Also mentions that he has Jared Goff and Jameis Winston already on his team. I'm assuming this is uh, a one-quarterback league. I'm guessing, yeah. Uh, two first-rounders, a second, and Cam in a super flex is not enough for Mahomes. Honestly, I don't think it's even close. Uh, and I think it's, uh, although we've, we've talked about Cam, and um, maybe that's a buy low, but in, in general, he's, right. he's probably not helping. Your, you're right, it's, it is. It's basically throw-in value. Two first-rounders and a second for any quarterback. Um, you have Adios. To yeah, Adios. You've got to take it. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially if you have Goff and Winston. I mean, Mahomes right. is Mahomes is going to going to give you that weekly um, that weekly advantage almost uh, over almost every other team in your league. But two first rounders and a good second, let's say three of the top fifteen picks in twenty twenty, plus Cam Newton, 
certainly selling at that. Uh, Joey says, what's the minimum? First and a second from a bad team? Yeah, I'd want I'd want more than one first for sure, especially mm-hmm. if it's if it's that random first that could be middle of the pack or later. Uh, I'd want something that looked like a high first plus a little bit more. That's that's where I would be. High first might do it for me though. I mean, if I could get, would you trade Mahomes for Swift? Um, yeah, <laughs> right. I, you know. <laughs> But I, I think there's there's just there's a lot of risk in that. You know, if you're yeah, giving yeah. somebody Mahomes, you're giving them. They're not going to have pick first overall anymore. Yeah, you're giving them 25 points a week. So. Three for three first for Mahomes and Superflex. No, more. More. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. He's a monster. He is. Fantasy Top Gun. Do you want Dalvin Cook or Juju in Dynasty? Of course, I still want Juju. No surprise. Who do you want? Dalvin. Yeah. He's been one of my guys for a long time. I, I thought you'd go that way. He's, yeah. he's, uh, I tweeted earlier this week that the gap between the top four running backs and everybody else is getting wider every day. And, and while I do stand by that, we, we saw a disappointing week from McCaffrey. We saw a dif- disappointing week from Kamara. Uh, and, and we see Dalvin Cook just tearing it up. He was the RB1 in week two uh, and, and has had two big games. We've said all season they want to – basically want to build that offense around them. They want to run the ball as yep. much as they can every single week. So for me, it, it's just a, it's just a health concern. Can he stay sure. healthy? And if he does that, if he stays healthy this year, then he's going to be, he's going to end the season in that top tier. We're going to be talking about a top five group instead of a top four group. Yeah. He is that kind of guy and he, he could lead the league in rushing. Yep. Let's get a couple more in here before we wrap it up. Uh, Rob says, buy, sell, or hold Sammy Watkins. What should you be uh, trying to get in exchange for him? Uh, I am holding or, or buying even if I think the price is, is nice. I, I don't expect it to be. Uh, I, obviously, price has gone up since the Tyreek Hill injury, even with his uh, somewhat disappointing week two. I'm buying him, and I'm starting him every single week until Tyreek comes back. Every week starter for sure. If I had him on my roster, though, I might go knocking on your door and say, hey, what will you give me for this guy? I mean, another guy that's always hurt. They signed Tyreek long-term. I think you can't forget that. You know, that he's he's a, he's a number three option on the best offense in the league when everything's going well. I don't think you're going to get a lot more than a first, though. That's that's, that's what I was I thinking, am. right? I, I think you can get a first. Uh, you can probably get a first and a second. Mm-hmm. And if you're a contender and and you've got him locked in for six six more weeks, uh, I, I think you points. just have to roll with that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if I'm not a contender, I would take that from you. Sure, sure, it makes sense then. Zach says I have an offer to send Carlos Hyde and receive Moncrief. Damian Harris and a second round pick. What are your thoughts? Uh, I hope you already <laughs> accepted that. Yeah. I hope you already accepted that for sure. And uh, we don't really want Moncrief. He's he's not looking very good. Damian Harris hasn't really hasn't played meaningful snaps yet. I, I would easily easily sell Carlos Hyde for Damian Harris or the I, second or the second rounder. Right. You're getting you're basically getting triple value for. Carlos Hyde, or maybe even more than that. So, absolutely, uh, flip Carlos Hyde for that haul. And with all that being said, though, I mean Hyde has Hyde has looked a lot better than anyone expected, and he's 
Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's carved out a role for himself pretty quickly that um, that not all fantasy players are happy with. Yeah, and I think he's startable right now in a good yeah. offense. Yeah. Yep. Last one. This will be our last question from Mike. Mike says, is Darius Geis ever going to be a thing or has the ship sailed? Of course, uh, oh. this this news kind of got lost in all the quarterback injury news of uh, of the weekend. But Geis had the, um, had the injury that put him on the injured reserve, landed him on the injured reserve. Maybe we'll see him later in the season, but who even knows? Uh, the the guy just can't stay healthy, and it stinks because we know the talent is there. Uh, if I have him, I, I'm almost to the point I'm taking anything I can get for him. He's also on an organization that I just don't trust from an NFL level. I don't know if they'll ever be good. It starts with ownership. Like, I don't want Redskins. Well, I don't especially wanna... when it comes to injuries, right? I mean, they're, Yeah, right. I mean, they, who's their medical staff? Yeah, they botched the Alex Smith thing. They, they, Trent Williams. Right. This is... It's injury prone guy on the worst medical staff going. You can have him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <but> I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to take a second rounder for him. I don't think it's, I don't think it's dropped that low yet, but I'm, I'm selling low on him and, and you hate to do that in dynasty. I offer you Corey Davis for him. Yes. Yep. 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 Some of those guys we talked about before whose stock is down. Any of those guys. Yeah. Kiki QT. Eh, probably. Well, okay. That's pretty low. Maybe. Yeah, right. that, that is low. Admittedly low. Matt, great stuff today. We covered a ton. We'll be back next week to talk more NFL and more Dynasty Blue